Let's turn to the morning brief. And Deb Hutton is here, former senior advisor to two Ontario premiers, now a communications advisor. Happy Friday, Deb Hutton. Happy Friday, John Moore. Curious about your thoughts on the actor's walkout, because it's easy to look at this. All the faces of the walkout are multi-millionaire people who are stars, who have, you know, people to carry their purse. But actually, for the average working actor, it's just like being a waiter. True. Um, that being said, I'm, I'm having a hard time as a consumer of entertainment getting too fussed about this. I mean, I guess for me, it really depends on how long uh, this goes on, how long it takes for them to get a deal. It doesn't sound as though the two parties or the three parties, I guess now, are very close uh, in their efforts. And ultimately, there will be an economic impact to those of us in, uh, you know, who live in Toronto, where the film industry is such an important economic driver. But in terms of myself, like, John, there are so many things, just the way we consume entertainment now so many things that i can't even remember i wanted to watch let alone have started so many and haven't finished them so i can't see that this will have a great impact on me and i'm getting too old to stay up for late night television anyhow so yeah it is going to be interesting though for example um the just to see what the the ancillary impact is the tony awards decided to go ahead, but they couldn't hire writers. So they did it without scripts. And it was actually an extraordinarily enjoyable show because people just came out and said, and the award goes to, and there was no sort of, no one can ever get by without the rigor. <laughs> so that's a positive for the strike, is what you're saying. There you go. Um, the accused Leslieville killer, and I should set the table here, everyone remembers now, a 44-year-old mother of two little girls uh, was killed by a stray bullet as three guys exchanged gunfire. One of those guys has been arrested, and surprise, surprise, Deb, it turns out he was out on bail. Yeah. So, you know, you start talking about the story and I just find myself physically shaking my head, as yeah. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are. Like it is I've, I've been a proponent of of reform, not just of bail, but of our of our system. I do believe in mandatory minimum sentences, um, a number of things that I just think both the liberals and the conservatives would be really, really smart to bring forward in terms of, of reform. But what this sounds like is that if we actually just enforced the system we have, we'd be a little bit safer in this country. I mean, how is it possible that you breach probation and you're still on the streets? Not once, John, but twice. Like, how? what is wrong with our actual system, forget reform for a minute, where this is happening? And I think about those poor little girls, the four-year-old and seven-year-old, who now no longer have a mom. As they grow up, how, how can you explain to them that this absolutely 100% could have and should have been prevented. Well, and one of the problems would seem to be we're not all that serious about rounding up people who are in violation of either parole or bail. Uh, you know, it's just not an active file. It, if they get pulled over for something in a car, then they'll run their names and find out, hey, you're wanted. But aside from that, nobody goes knocking on doors. No. And as I said, that's the current system, yeah. let alone reform. Like, let's just enforce the current system. Let's lock people up. And for goodness sakes, if they if they breach bail, don't give it to them again automatically. Now, you have served in two premier's offices, so I'm very curious about your take on this. I always find it funny. If you're in opposition, you love the Auditor General. And then as soon as you get in government, you hate the Auditor General. And Doug Ford is unleashing on the Auditor General, insisting that uh, they are investigating things that are way beyond their purview. 
Yeah, the the one uh, during my time in government was the ombudsman. And in opposition, I'd say, guys, it's not that much fun because, you know, the personality is such that they will do exactly the same thing to us when we get there. And sure enough, they did. The issue at that point was overreach. And I think that is exactly what is happening with, with the current Auditor General. There is an integrity commissioner investigation into the Greenbelt, which I think is the appropriate investigation when you're dealing with government decision making and who benefits. That is exactly what the integrity commissioner's job is. I see no way, shape or form where a value for money investigation works at this stage of what's happening with the Greenbelt and potential development. I mean, how can you know if you've had value for money for the taxpayers when nothing's been built yet? So I, I just I think this is some form of, as I said, overreach of, of empire building or mandate uh, creep. I don't know what it is, but I, I do actually agree with the premier on this, that this particular investigation at this stage is inappropriate. And and then you worry about what motivates it and whether it will actually be an effective investigation. I say let's wait and see what the uh, integrity commissioner says. And then if there's a need for another process, so be it. This, this has to get cleaned up one way or or another. The shadow over the Ford government on this is has to be very, very detrimental to them. So I think it's in everyone's interest for this to be investigated. I just don't think it's the Auditor General's job at this stage. All right. Interesting perspective. Uh, what do you make of this NDP MPP who is resigning, insisting that uh, she can't afford childcare costs? And I think it's worth noting, what is the figure that an MPP as a basic income is making 116 thousand dollars a year the median income in canada is about forty-eight thousand. yeah and and to my knowledge child care hasn't gone up incredibly so since june of 2022 when she was elected like i just think this is ridiculous and, and it's a bit of a a soapbox uh, if if you don't if you want to go on to another job which i believe she's doing in her hometown if it's a job that she didn't have last year and it looks pretty appealing great but don't go out with some political statement that is absolutely ridiculous meanwhile the governor general apparently and it wasn't the governor general it's her office i'm sure she doesn't even see the receipts but uh we're on the hook for $71,000 in limo fees for a 4-day visit to iceland and I don't know if you've been to Iceland. I have. It's walkable. Yeah, so I'm not letting her off the hook the way you are, John. Uh, the number of times I had a premier say to me, we're doing what? Why are we flying? Or what do you mean we're, we're only flying for one event? Or like smart politicians, and let's face it, a governor general is in fact a form of politician, whether they're elected or appointed. They know better than this, and their staff should know better. And if you can think of one office in this country that has been laden with missteps when it comes to taxpayer spending, it's the governor general's office for how many governor generals and governors general in a row. This is ridiculous. And if she didn't know, she ought to have known. I mean, $70,000 to be driven around in a BMW? Unbelievable. For the championship tomorrow will be Marquetta Vandrasur. Sorry. Thank you, Deb. Good to have you. Sorry, I'm multi-managing a whole bunch of platforms at the moment, so we ended up some extraneous audio. 